Everybody and welcome to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host Michael Booth, and we're out here. We got a heat wave this weekend in California. Um, it's pretty hot. It's uh, I'm trying to just got all the fans going, blowing the air outside right now. You know that trick when you don't have AC, blowing fans outside at night. You turn them inside. That's the that's the old-fashioned way, at least what I was taught. Um, no, but I'm here today. I have a guest with me. He was someone that uh, performed at the Bricks and Beer Comedy Night uh, before quarantine. Actually came all the way from Chicago to perform there with my friend Gabriel. And it was really cool to get to meet him and to, you know, to watch his comedy. It is, uh, it's my friend Joe Chazray. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Michael? Dude, um, uh, thanks for having me on, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, it- I didn't know you heat wave over there in uh the bay area that's that's awful <laughs> yeah it's i get i saw it on the news uh it's not like too bad um, i'm pretty close to the water but normally uh for us it's like it stays in the 70s and it's up in like the mid to mid 80s around here so it's just unusual oh. <laughs> <laughs> but i i now i lose my sympathy for you because it's like humid and hot here in chicago okay. like we we don't have like nice like middle weather it's either Real hot or real cold. It's not, Got there's you. no good. So we're entering in our cold season right now. So it's okay. uh, like the temperature's going down. Nice. I kind of miss, I kind of miss that having like actual seasons. I'm from Washington yeah. originally. And uh, oh. it's kind of like you're describing. There's like, it's cold in the winter. It's hot in the summer. I kind of miss that. Like you, you could prepare for it. And you knew kind of like, oh, it's going to get cold now. You know, it's not going to be, uh, it's not just going to be warm all the time. Um, but no, uh, wait. You're you're from uh, Washington originally, like uh, yeah. closer to the water. Or- um, I was, I grew up on like the west side of the state, kind of by the Puget Sound, like Seattle area, and then I went to school no, not- over in Ellensburg, which is like on eastern Washington, and that's kind of uh, a little flatter area, kind of like you're describing. Like really, it was really cold in the winter, and then it would get like in the hundreds in the summer and just be. Really, it was really dry though. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, man. I I don't know why uh, Washington kind of exists in this uh, like idealistic place in my mind as an awesome place to live. Oh. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, it has its ups and downs. It's it's really it's I guess it's like the the it has like the most cloud cover of any state. It's just like gloomy, but you get uh. used to it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's like the number one thing people would ask me about. Like when I moved to when I moved to California, they were like. Oh Washington, I heard I heard it rains a lot up there. I heard it. I heard the weather sucks. <laughs> That's like the one thing people kind of. So I'm glad that you have this idealistic view of it that makes me feel good about Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No man, I. Uh, what, so did you move to uh, the Bay Area for comedy? Uh, I actually moved here for work. Uh, so I I had a friend of mine that I went to college with, and he. Um, he moved down to California and got a job here, and then there was an opening, and he. Uh, invited me down to to work with him so I came down here for work and then and then I started doing comedy kind of as a just I always wanted to and and kind of saw the opportunity and so that's kind of where I started doing it was down here but before then oh, I hadn't really I hadn't really done any stand up or nothing Nice man that's that's pretty cool uh, the so like, Bay Area man you got 
a very interesting commentary too. It's uh, it's like um, I really appreciated it. There was a lot of love out there when I was out there. Uh, just um, when I was out there, a lot of people. Uh, I mean, obviously because of Gabe mostly, but mm-hmm. they were putting me on shows last minute. And I just felt a lot of love and just sort of... Um, yeah, I saw you were popping uh, up and I saw when you came through, you got to do uh, kind of, you got to do a few shows. You got to do kind of hit, hit a couple of spots that um, that Gabriel and I had gone to uh, before. So that was that was cool. You got to you gotta see like kind of a, you got a good view of the scene, I think, when you came through. So how long have you been, how long have you been doing comedy? And, and you've been doing it in Chicago, it's like started out there or? Uh, yeah, I, um... It's weird because I'm from the suburbs out here. So uh, I, I live in Chicago right now, and I've been living here for like the past three years. Okay. But um, I, I started doing comedy while I was living out in the suburbs. And so I would commute into Chicago all the time. And then there was a moment uh, where I realized that there was a, a pretty decent suburb comedy scene like in the suburbs of Chicago. And so okay. I kind of was doing that. But I also... Uh, had maybe a, like an elitism or whatever because uh, I felt like a Chicago comic even though I was from the suburbs doing suburb mics I had done a few things out in Chicago so I was like ah oh, well I don't you know I don't need this scene really but okay. I uh, I definitely before I moved to the city the the suburb scene was really uh, a good place for me to kind of get reps up before I was um, before I felt like I was ready to maybe you know really enter the Chicago comedy scene, which I've really been in uh, solely for like the past three years. So like I've okay. been all together doing suburbs in Chicago for like five. And then for the past three, I've pretty much only been a uh, Chicago comic. So when you when you say suburbs, you're just kind of talking about the smaller, like yeah, smaller area outside bad. of the main city. Sorry. No, it's all good. I've just never been. I've never been there. So. Yeah, the it's like it's just part of the lexicon out here. But I understand if you're not from like the the Chicago land area, it doesn't really make sense. But there's like a there's like uh, in Chicago, there's like these suburbs that are basically within a forty mile radius of in either direction of okay. the city, and we kind of refer to those as the suburbs. And then anything outside of that is just Illinois, but. Um, <laughs> like, city in illinois yeah but so you have and then you have the suburbs that surround it and i'm from a suburb called aurora which is like 40 miles west uh headed towards like iowa or whatever okay and um that's so it's like a 40 mile radius around the city you just have these random you know suburban uh cities that um people kind of they do comedy out there uh they have shows out there they have open mics but uh it's Definitely safe to say Chicago is like the premier spot for comedy in the that area. I mean, like nobody in the suburbs does as much comedy as Chicago, okay. at least before the pandemic. That makes sense. It's like uh, that kind of um, makes me think of Seattle. And now there's like the actual city of Seattle. And then there's like the surrounding kind of neighborhoods. It kind of kind of makes sense. It sounds similar. It sounds like there's just like these pockets of of like basically the different it's almost like a different city it seems like but it's just like next to chicago chicago's like the big thing yeah um okay yeah that's cool man uh like where <clears throat> in chicago i i i gabe talks to me about it sometimes i know that there's a ton of mics to hit at least before quarantine started there was just kind of like a ton of mics to hit and there was different like spots in the city like where you kind yeah. of 
Were you were you hitting? Were you trying to go around the city and try to get like a good taste of everything, or was there like a specific like area where you felt like you were um, kind of a part of that more than anything else? No. So yeah, honestly, uh, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I don't know how much Gabe went into it, but that's kind of how it is here. It's like there's so much comedy going on where you have these different sections of the city that for me personally, I kind of, I guess, because of where I live in the city, I'm north side, lake side with uh, okay. where I'm at, Chicago. So that's like a scene within a scene, the north side, lake side comics. And, um, and then there's like the west uh, side like, or the like Wicker Park. I mean, this, if you're not from here, it doesn't really make any sense. But mm-hmm. more in lake, you have like Wicker Park and Logan Square, sort of those like uh, western side of the city um, chunks. And then you have south side comics who are like they're so far away from the north side. And so you almost never see these guys. And you do end up kind of staying in your own groups or your own tribe, I guess, because okay. um, so much comedy going on in each uh, part of the city that you almost don't ever have to leave your little section, which for better or worse, because for me, I just always found it was comfortable that I had my my mic that I would go to every day of the week. And then if I felt like I wanted to get crazy and maybe have something that felt like a showcase set, I'd go out to Wicker Park and do one of their mics because I'd go out there and I would see comics that I've never seen before. And then they'll say like, oh, I've been doing this for four or five years. I've never seen you before. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, well, I've four or five years. So what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I've never seen you, dude. And, <laughs> Uh, and it's like that we can just kind of be away from each other and never run into each other. And it's even more uh, segregated, like on the South Side, where, you know, I mean, there are South Side comics who are like legends on the South Side scene. And when they come up here or if I run into them, like, I don't even know who that person is or I've never even heard of them before. And it's kind of cool, actually. That um, is. That's that's really interesting. You you just get. Like you were like you were saying, there's so many mics within that north side that you're talking about. You never need to leave. That's really cool because you could, like, if you wanted to, I get, I bet you could just flip that and start going and building your brand kind of in another part of the town almost, and just kind of, you know, p- punching these other mics and going and and you know, kind of dipping out of the the north side mics scene. I guess that's and that's that's probably does that like have you done that like have you tried to like spend certain time in another place just to get like your sharpen your material maybe a different way or well so i'll say uh actually i kind of did uh that when before i came out to uh the bay area to do the shows it's because i i was doing jokes that pretty much everybody in my area of the comedy territory uh, they've all seen my material they've seen me work it on showcases and and so I didn't want to just do it again in front of them. So mm. I would take my material to these different parts of the city to do open mics in front of comics who have never seen me before and kind of uh, sharpen it and uh, do these jokes that I've been doing for years or, or a year. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe had started to feel a little dry or a little stale for me. And then I could take them, you know, to Wicker Park or somewhere on the south side and, you know, I'm getting brand new laughs because it's being seen by, you know, new eyes and it kind of helps me sharpen the material and get yeah. re-excited about it. So then when I came out and did you guys' uh, show, um, I felt re-inspired with that same material. Nice. So That's... to answer your question, like, it's a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, 
That's really cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you, like, because I know that, you know, since since quarantine hit, you know, over here, there's been very little opportunity. There's been some kind of outdoor, like, drive-in type shows popping up. Um, is there anything like that happening over there? You guys have any kind of, like, shows in a park or, like, uh, like a parking lot or any, any kind of outdoor comedy? Yeah, um... I know, man, it's so weird. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're feeling it too, a similar where you were doing a lot of comedy to for the past like five months, essentially doing no comedy. And uh, even though you're in a great spot too, um, to maybe do a year round outdoor mic until this uh, Corona stuff is over, where it's about to get cold here in Chicago. So that might not be the case, but mm-hmm. to answer and uh, yes, there's actually a show run by a friend of mine um, it's like an open mic slash showcase uh, by uh, Donovan Strong O'Donnell. Uh, you could uh, probably find him on Instagram somewhere. Um, it's He has a, sh- a show called Comedy Pickup, and they drive around in a pickup truck, and they do comedy out of the flatbed of the pickup truck. And I actually did that show like a month ago or a month and a half ago. Okay. It was actually kind of fun. That was the first comedy I had done in like five months legitimately. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of weird. Being on stage again, especially with the stage being uh, a flatbed of a pickup truck, yeah. but um, it, it like because he, he'll park the the truck in like a park somewhere, uh, and he kind of goes to different parts of the city um, every time he does the show. So you just have like a PA and, in the back of the truck, and it's just like yeah, a mic. It, that's that's cool. That's like just <laughs> that's roughing it, man. He's, yeah. Uh, no, I, I I like Donovan for that reason. He's a he's a hustler, dude. He's uh, even if you know it seems impossible or whatever, he tries to make a make a a way out of nothing. But uh, that's been a thing. And then I know there's this other group of comics who are going around just with a boombox uh, to different parks and they're doing comedy. Uh, but it, it hasn't really. I've seen a couple familiar faces uh, on these uh, shows, but it's just it's real weird, man, because. A lot of the guys who I was doing it with, like, I mean, like Gabe and uh, just my whole kind of group, I guess, of comedians who we would do mics and shows together. um, They haven't um, really wanted to do it quite yet because it feels, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but it kind of feels irresponsible in a way, or it feels like we're not taking this pandemic seriously or something and i don't even know how i feel about the whole thing uh just because you know it it hasn't affected my life personally but i do think that wearing masks and self-quarantining is a responsible thing to do or at least more responsible than not Mm. and um it's uh so it feels weird to just kind of be doing things like open mics because i know there's been a couple shows here uh that have been they've tried to do it indoors with some sort of open open window bar situation, okay. and that really kind of makes me, you know, like all right, like uh, we're passing a mic back and forth, and we're all you know bumping like elbows or whatever, getting all close and personal. Like I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, people have been attempting. So I mean, you know, I mean, good on them for doing that, but it's been weird. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. If that bothers I, you at all, I think it really to me it's it's case by case basis like i i've been to i did like this drive-in show in santa cruz a few weeks ago and everybody stays in their cars 
and the mic is hooked up to like a transmitter that puts it into their FM radio. So they just turn their uh, radio knob in their car to a certain station, and they can hear the mic. So I thought that that was cool because, you know, there's nobody getting out of their car, everybody's in there like parked, you know, kind of in the in the thing, and, and then the only people interacting are like the, sh- the host and the comic uh, that's coming on stage, and like they sanitize and everything. And I think that something like that, like where they're taking all these measures to make sure you know, people are kind of, everybody's social distancing. Like, I I agree with you, but I think also it depends on, like, if, if, if they're taking all these measures, then I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, if it's something where, like, like it, where like we're trying to be indoors or there's, or, uh, you know, people aren't wearing masks or, the, or you can kind of see everybody sitting close together, that kind of makes me nervous. Um, I haven't done any, like, open mics that I've seen uh, pop up. I wanted to, but I was like, nah, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily worth it. I, uh, like I haven't, I also haven't, I've been to a couple of zoom shows, but I haven't, uh, I haven't done any. I was wondering if you've, what was that? Sorry. I was just going to ask you about that too, about the online one. Oh yeah. I was going to say, if I was gonna ask you if you tried anything, I saw a clip on your, on your Instagram. It looked (laughs) like you had a, uh, you were trying it out. (laughs) You had like a tiny microphone. (laughs) Yeah. That was, uh, that was just a, a joke video. I actually, so, cause like people had been asking me, um, if I had thought about doing any kind of online comedy slash YouTube type, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Enough people have been saying that to me where I, I thought maybe I'll give it a shot or whatever. So actually that video on my Instagram was an actual attempt of me like filming myself um, doing uh, something in the vein of a YouTube, you know, or trying to do a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, I, I just I didn't like it. I didn't think it was uh, funny. And so I kind of cut out like the the bloopers or whatever of me trying to record it because I had my two roommates. Uh, yeah. hanging out in the ground, helping me or whatever. Nice. And uh, so, uh, you know, I I had more fun just riffing with them and just like talking trash to them as my, you know, my 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 very low budget production team uh, than I did actually trying to create YouTube content. Yeah. It truly is another art form completely. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but like being a YouTuber feels like something totally different from doing comedy. Yeah, I, if you're talking about doing like just the kind of the vlog format, like where you're in front of your camera talking and stuff, it is uh, it is a different art form. I mean, I consider this this to be different as well, like just podcasting, and it's a different thing. It's 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 long form conversation. You're not um, you don't have an audience really. Well, I mean, you do, I guess, uh, <laughs> but there you can't yeah. see them. Um, and that's kind of what that's kind of like what I've seen from some of the Zoom stuff. There's a few shows that I really that I really enjoyed being at. But I realized kind of quickly, like, oh, I'd have to sit down and kind of think of material to do on these Zoom shows because I can't just go and try my try the jokes that I was doing before. I just don't feel like they're going to translate well into that format. It's kind of it seems like to me it's more of like a storytelling kind of longer form bit uh, format. Like if you're going to do that's what I've seen people be successful doing is kind of telling stories um, telling longer bits like observational stuff based on like what they notice about quarantine uh, and so like I I, I just was kind of like yeah I don't know if this is I still don't know if it's for me I still haven't tried it yet I keep thinking about it I keep like like man maybe I should go try this stuff out I don't know I just uh, I also just like 
to me, it would feel weird to like bomb in your own room at your house. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly thought process. Is like... This this is a sacred space. My living room, I've never bombed in it. And I'm not going to. I don't want to ever have that be <laughs> like, it's this true. Is it's the like... only place that is safe for me. I'm not it's like this I'm is where gonna... I come after the bombs and I sit <laughs> and I like try to feel better. Like I'm not bringing that energy yeah. in here. <laughs> No way, man. Absolutely not. I, I can't I can't bring myself to even attempt it because I just uh, I don't I don't think it would go well. Yeah, that's so funny, dude. Uh, yeah, it's true. I just yeah, I don't know. I would just or getting heckled like in your room. Like I don't I don't even I don't <laughs> think it happens. But man, I just don't think I could. I would get way more defensive than I do like being up on the mic because you're at a you're I, at a bar or something like you're kind of removed from your own, you know, you're in your own private area. So you're, you know. I feel like you can deal with it better. You can take it on the chin a little better than being like in your bedroom, like just bombing on a computer screen. <laughs> and then, and then someone being able to heckle your bed sheets and like <laughs> talk shit about the way you furnish your apartment. <laughs> yeah, that would be brutal. You'd be like, "Damn, like, yeah." I like this table. It's like, oh, what is that? Yeah. A, a portrait. I like those mom? sheets, man. Like, I got them. I got them for Christmas. Like, back up. Uh, I know it's a it's a it's a heckle on a whole deeper level, man. I can't <laughs> the heckle in my life. Yeah, I mean right now, like you see my whole wardrobe behind me, man. Like you could light me up, like <laughs> you could go in on me. You need, motherfucker. Yeah, like I would get rid of everything. <laughs> um, nah, man, that's funny. That, that is that real stuff. I I can't. I don't know. It's dude. I, I actually I talked to to a, a friend. Uh, about this recently and he kind of changed my my mindset for all of this technological i guess adaptation because he was kind of he's an older guy Mm -hmm. and um he was uh telling me about how uh he you know he was a business owner back in the 90s when the internet was coming out and he said that you know a lot of people were just thinking the internet was going to be this thing that colleges used as like a weird research, whatever. It would be a very fringe thing, the internet, and it wouldn't catch on. And so a lot of uh, um, like businesses dug their heels in and were like, "We're not changing. We're just gonna uh, we're just gonna wait this internet thing out." And my friend was telling me he knew that the internet was gonna be big. He he felt it, and so he he changed his whole business model and got everything ready. He he like hired people who knew how to type, and he was teaching them how to like do the computer thing and he was telling me as some advice he's like you have to treat your comedy stuff like that like are, or are you gonna let your business fail like you have to adapt your comedy business interesting or yeah. or let it fail like because i mean I, I guess i can only speak for myself personally i i've kind of been not doing comedy for the past five months thinking that you know at some point this is going to end and we can just go back to the way things were but he kind of got me thinking that what if it doesn't go back to the way it was ever? Like if yeah. it, if it kind of stays in some sort of weird capacity where people don't want to go out and do live uh, performance or they don't want to go to a live show, they would rather just watch a, a Zoom performance or watch YouTubers. And, uh, and so he kind of put that thought in my head of like, oh man, am I about to let my comedy business fail or am I going to try to adapt this thing for the, the changing times? Mm-hmm. And obviously this is a little different than the internet because this isn't like a change 
based on innovation. It's more of a change based on, you know, people not covering their mouths or, yeah. you know, sneezing in public. It's <laughs> a change it's, on like, it's a change based on like negligence almost. Like it's just, uh, yeah, it's, that's an interesting way to look at it, man. Uh, kind of, cause you're right. It's not like, it's not going to go back to the way it was before. I don't think at least for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, you know, that's a good thing. That's a good way to think about is kind of how to adapt, how to, how to like, you know, how to, how to stay relevant because I mean, I think we're always kind of doing that. Like even before quarantine, like with your material, mm-hmm. with like social media, trying to get like clips up, like you're always trying to like expand and more and, you know, and grow. But now it's like, it, it has parameters to it. You know what I mean? Now it's like, uh, okay, you can grow, but within this medium, like it's not, you can't, you just can't go to a bar full of people and do jokes anymore. So like, what's the next thing? And that's, I mean, that's a good, yeah, man, that's a really good way of looking at it. That's uh your friend's got the right idea, I think. Um, so like, are you, are you, sorry, uh, <clears throat> are you, uh, are you thinking about like a podcast? Are you thinking, you know, trying to do some more? Are you going to try to get into the the Zoom, like, or, or is it? Uh, I, just... I'll tell you. I, well, I appreciate what you're doing. I mean, I think um, like the podcast route. That's like, it's so cool. Uh, just to be able, because I think about. I'm sure you maybe have a similar uh, uh, thought uh, about this. Um, how podcasts, especially guys like Rogan and stuff, those early podcasters how uh, they kind of had a big effect on me, you know, just listening to uh, Rogan's podcast or Mark Maron's podcast, Mm -hmm. just this idea of two people who have maybe accomplished a lot in their lives or just, or just interesting people or whatever. And they're just talking about things that I'm thinking about and they have a perspective on it that maybe changes the way I approach something. And it's, it's like it's kind of its own separate thing from stand-up comedy and even being a radio DJ. It's like podcasting is this cool middle ground where you can just be a dude just speaking your thoughts and yeah. you know speaking your and having an effect on people uh, just based on the conversations that you have. And I think for me personally, um, I, I think that's a, a beautiful uh, form of expression and. So, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, podcasts, that kind of uh, popped into my mind. Um, I, I don't know if I have the, uh, again, like the technical ability to bring that all together um, where I'd be able to put out something that I was proud of. Mm-hmm. But uh, all that to say, I have actually been, um, I mean, I guess I can, we're, we're editing it now, so I can kind of leak it a little bit. But uh, I'm doing this, uh, <clears throat> this like interview show thing and um it's it's kind of like a podcast because i'm on a stage having a conversation with somebody for like an hour and a half and uh but we actually the 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 whole thing is the uh the there's little snippets of the conversation that uh are going to be released on the internet um and uh that's just going to be the show where it's like two minutes of a conversation here like capturing those really beautiful moments of a gotcha. conversation that uh you can kind of you know i guess because that's how people watch a lot of different um podcast type situations anyways mm-hmm. I, I know um when i'm not able to drive or do something 
uh, that takes a while. And so I can listen to a whole, you know, uh, podcast, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast or something. Um, instead I'd rather just watch like an eight minute clip or a five minute clip yeah. of him and, uh, Duncan Trussell talking about shrooms in the universe. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm kind of trying to create a show like that where I have this long form conversation. Um, but I kind of cut out the parts that I think maybe are the most interesting and post those as uh, clips for people to just watch at their leisure, you know, anywhere nice. from two minutes to uh, six minutes. Yeah, and that... uh, we're actually shot the second one yesterday and we're editing the first and second ones um, like as we speak. And so we're going to start uploading those probably sometime next month cool. is the plan. So that's, that's awesome, my... dude. That's my attempt to adapt to my comedy business, I guess. Okay. No, that's cool. And that's a great idea of, of chopping it up with clips. Um, you know, I, I've been, I've been doing a, another podcast with a couple of friends called Cowboy Rowdy and it's like a, yeah. a kind of a group show. And that's kind of a, a thing that we're trying to do as well as we're, we started uploading, um, episodes on YouTube and then we're like, oh man, we should, you know, we should clip out, you know, the, the parts like you're saying, the interesting parts and have a separate channel where it's just those clips to try and like, yeah. You know, because that's kind of like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what people are doing. That's like, I think a couple of comics, uh, you know, YouTubers like uh, like Andrew Schultz and Sam Morrill and um, like Mark Norman and all these guys and New York guys are, that's something that they kind of jumped on, I would say almost like a year ago. I noticed like just these, you could sit and watch like one minute joke clips from any one of these guys for like an hour. You can just like get lost <laughs> in just watching clip after clip after clip and it's all different showcases. It's different areas. He's like, they're doing it in. And that's like the, it's weird how, <laughs> like, I, I wonder if we're just going to get like past this one minute thing. And we're just going to get to where we start watching 10 second stuff. And we're just going to yeah. only be watching 10 second videos. And then eventually it'll just be like pictures. It won't even be <laughs> like, are we just going to keep getting shorter? Like the, like their attention span is just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And pretty soon all we're going to be able to look at is a picture of you on stage. <laughs> with the bike. Honestly, though, like my, uh, my brothers, my younger brothers, they, uh, they love memes and they, they just share memes back and forth. Mm -hmm. And they almost try to show them like a five minute, uh, Bill Burr clip or something, or a five minute Louis something. Uh, they they kind of don't have the attention span for it. They're like, ugh, like I have to sit through a whole setup and punchline. Like, just give me the little short joke, and oh, like, they it in either ten seconds or less, or they want like a um like a meme or some sort of picture with a funny joke written on it. And uh, I just think that's so crazy. Because you're absolutely right. Like, uh, there is this weird attention span thing that. You know, as a comic, a stand-up comic, you kind of feel like, you know, so, like an antiquated old art form where, you know, I'm going out and telling these long five-minute jokes or whatever. Or even if it takes me a minute to set up a joke and tell it, I feel like I'm wasting everyone's time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like everybody just wants it real quick. Yeah, like a... Uh... Like TikTok, for example, is a great, you know, this is kind of what we're talking about right now is, is oh, yeah. you know, you, you uh, like I have some friends that like they throw their all their one minute jokes up on up on TikTok. And that's where they like every, that's where all the eyeballs are right now. But if you have something longer than a minute, 
it's it's basically it's it's you can't put it up there so it's like how are you you, can, you know you can only like you say you can only show people one minute you have to be on your shit yeah your setup and punchline's got to be like there can be no fat you know what i mean like you got to be <laughs> like if you want a joke to hit you have to have it be a minute long now and like kill tony is another you know like you get one minute on stage like yeah. uh and that that was one of my favorite things to watch uh, before um, I still I still watch it, but before quarantine, like when they would have, like you have somebody come up there and just crush for one minute, and they they put in like they got like five jokes off, and you're like, holy shit, that was just one minute of comedy. Like it it like flipped my perspective of like just how to structure things and kind of what I was working towards was this like, okay, how can I get you know even if it's a long form story, like where can I cut it out? Where what can I? What's the meat to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yes. that's very, I, dude, I, I'll say though, uh, that Kill Tony show, I can't watch it because it gives me anxiety. <laughs> you know, just as a comic, you know, sort of on the newer part of it. Like, dude, I, when I see people bomb on that show and then uh, Tony Hinchcliffe in that panel of comics, they just they make fun of the poor kid or whatever or just, just lay into him. That always just makes me uncomfortable because I'm just like, oh, God, why is this guy... <laughs> try to do comedy right now in front of these professional comics. Oh, and like just, people, yeah. I, <laughs> there's people on Kill Tony, it's their first time. Oh, my God. And you're like, whew. Like, that's gonna, I know. Oh. And, 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 and you're at the comedy store, like. Yeah, the OR at the comedy store. <laughs> that's like, like oh. hey, I'm going to take my first at bat. Let me walk up to the fucking, let me go to Fenway and like, or wherever, you know, let me get into yeah. the ballpark and like go up against, <laughs> you know, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> like strike the, out yeah like fuck yeah it's like let me take a 95 mile an hour fastball down the plate for my first time like <laughs> and not just that but just take it right to the nuts too <laughs> <laughs> yeah just <laughs> just get bean first pitch you're like what the fuck <laughs> i don't like baseball now <laughs> yeah packed out Fenway stadium everybody saw it and the everybody sees it that. oh my god yeah dude. What's that's worse really- though? What's worse, being like a guy that's grinding for a few years and then you go up and you like bomb real bad on Kill Tony like that, or first time? What do you think is worse? Like, I, I think I'm gonna have to say the grinding. If you've been at it for a couple of years, it's kind of a harsh reality check. Yeah, of, you know, because you feel like, because I'm sure you and me, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. We sort of feel like, uh, okay, like I could go up there and maybe not eat it uh, for a minute. In front of you know, oh, the yeah, old- I got I got something within that minute. You know, I can get a laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, and so if you just go up and and bomb after a couple of years of grinding, I feel like that's way worse than if it's your first time. You don't really care about comedy, maybe, or you don't care about it yet. It's all just this new fun thing. Sure, it's a, a painful it's a painful bomb either way. But I think if you kind of start to build up this perception of yourself. That you know, I've been doing it a couple of years. I'm pretty funny. I do well on independent yeah. showcases. <laughs> then, so they, uh, it, yeah, it, it would it be the whole mindset, you know, of yeah. what you think about comedy. For real, yeah, it would be it'd be a mind fuck. You'd be like, do I even do it anymore? Like, what? <laughs> like, have, you ever, <laughs> have you ever tried to do uh, his show? Um, I want. I really wanted to. There was a uh, one in San Francisco that I was gonna go to. Uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't make it work. 
um, at the time. But I had a fr- I have a couple of friends that have done it. I actually have a friend that did it his first time doing comedy. He did Kill Tony, did well in Kill Tony, and then just kept doing it after that. And then I got to do it again. And they like you see his improvement um, when he, they came back to San Francisco. He got to do it again. And oh wow! That was that was really cool to 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 watch. Like he, I talked to he was on the podcast too. It was my friend John Gab, and he, uh, yeah, he he described it as like, you know, doing well that first time. He got such a like such a confidence boost, you know, that he when he went out and was doing it more. I feel like he had. He said that he had like, a, you know, a better like a better like willingness to go and grind i guess cuz he had that like initial you know kind of boost from the the good first time so i guess there is a you know if you if you do well i guess it's like a you know it's you can just keep going and and um so yeah i, I guess it's really just it really just depends and yeah i mean I feel... <clears throat> sorry i i didn't mean to cut you off I'll, no, go I'll ahead. Just, uh, to uh, to your point i think that's a it, we like if you have that initial maybe taste of success, it could do a few things where it gives you a, a false delusion of the comedy world, but mm-hmm. it also could um, give you that confidence to know that if you don't do well at an open mic, not to take it personally, because I mean, open mics are kind of meant to be bad anyways, and so you it gives you that confidence. Because I mean, I can just say this from personal experience, and you probably feel the same way. When you when you were doing uh, open mics as a really new comic, from when you started to get to that point when you were doing uh, shows, like real shows in front of real people, and you started to notice the difference of how, I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, it was easier to make real people laugh. You could get away with maybe hackier stuff in front of real people than you could in front of your, you know, jaded comedian friends at one in the morning at some god awful open mic. <laughs> and so, you know, you started to have that confidence that, you know, it, it made it easier to go to open mics and just grind uh like, you know, I mean five, six nights a week because, you know, even if it wasn't going well, um, or like I had five bad nights in a row leading up to a Friday night show or something, I knew that that Friday night show was probably going to go okay because real people, um, on the average are just, they're more ready to laugh. They're, uh, if you sound anything like a comedian, just with the cadence and the energy, they'll laugh, you know, they don't, they're not as jaded or, you know, uh, just not willing to go along with you as maybe your comedian friends. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, we talked, I talked about this with somebody last episode too, is like comics are just like the kind of one of the worst gauges, like for if your joke is actually going to work or not, you know, the having the, the, like you're talking about real people. It's so funny. That's how you like the term you use. Cause yeah, it's like, <laughs> they're like genuine people that are, yeah, they don't sit and watch comedy five nights a week and they're not uh, just watching the same, you know, you kind of just get like, I, I like to sit and watch for a little bit when I'm at an open mic. Um, and, you know, if it's somebody that I know, uh, or if it's like somebody from out of town. Um, but I, I kind of get after a while, I kind of just get like, yeah, I just don't, it's like, you just know what's going to happen. It's like, I bet it, I yeah. bet it's what happens when you practice like doing card tricks for a while, you know, <laughs> and I'm not trying to say that comedians are magicians. I know it's a terrible comparison. I don't want to say that, but I just, that's what I'm thinking of is like watching like 
practicing something or like a musician, right? Like practicing something over and over and over again and then seeing somebody else do it. You start to just kind of, I almost start to like, I don't really nitpick, but I kind of just, uh, I'm kind of like, oh, I know where they're, I know where this is going to go. You know, I know it's going to happen yeah. and you're not like the surprise is gone. So yeah, like having real people, having real audience members <laughs> is like a freaking, uh, sometimes it's a miracle that they're even at the bar on like a Tuesday or a Monday night and that they're yeah. willing to sit through like, like they could go sign up, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but they're just willing to sit through us signing up, I guess, for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate, I've appreciated every like audience member, especially people that come to, up to you afterwards and it's like, Hey man, I really like that joke or that was funny. Yeah. That's like the, like you, you just like riding that all the way home. You're riding that wave. You're like, so-and-so said I was funny tonight, dude. That's so awesome. Like, <laughs> I know. kind of makes you feel like a professional legitimately. You know, when that first started to happen for you where, you know, you just wanted to uh, get through a five-minute set and just not have it go badly. But then when it starts to go well and even go well enough where you have people, not your friends, just strangers, feeling compelled to come up after the show and say, hey, that was a really good joke, by the way. Like, I... I really enjoyed your set. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, dude, it, that's like the whole point to all of this. It's for just, real. Yeah, it, for real. I, I don't even mind that I didn't get paid. It's just kind of like, wow, what an awesome feeling. <laughs> <laughs> for real, yeah. Like this feeling is enough. <laughs> um, and the, the the occasional free beer. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, but dude, uh, <clears throat> like uh, what is what has quarantine been like being in Chicago like I know that over here um you know at the beginning like in March and April and it was really just you know nobody's outside nobody's doing anything the stores are empty the shelves are empty um you know what is what has it been like kind of what's the like I don't know if like in Chicago or are, are things like slowly starting to open again like what's like what's happening over there uh well I think maybe we have a similar um quarantine experience because we come from, you know, more left-leaning, you know, liberal cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think uh, early on, uh, there was a lot of um, fear and maybe uh, overcompensation. I, I mean, I feel like maybe this was true just all over the country, but, um, you know, I mean, everybody was buying up toilet paper for yeah. some reason. All the damn toilet paper was gone. Like, I guess we've all never had to take a shit at the same time together before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever. But, like, it, it just, we were, it, it was, like, really weird. Everybody was buying up everything at the store and just staying in their homes for maybe the first couple weeks. And then uh, <clears throat> everybody was really weird about masks. And I think Chicago, uh, maybe, you know, um, the, the Bay Area, you guys were doing this as well where uh, real early on we adopted that um, rule of you can't come in the store if you don't have a mask. Uh, no, no mask, no entry. Mm -hmm. And there were no bars or no restaurants. Everything was to go or take out or whatever. And just recently, like since June, um, there's been restaurants doing patio type situations, okay. reopening. Yeah. Um, people are out jogging and working out outside no one seems that concerned if you're outside everybody's cool 
it's inside where people start to get weird. Um, I've been to a couple house parties recently where people were wearing masks and just being really deliberate, I guess, about staying six feet away or being socially distanced or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the vibe out here is it's kind of like people are afraid or they not afraid. They just they're very aware that there's something going on and that we should be concerned about it. Uh, and we would just want to be, you know, safe and take precautions. But also um, there is a weird sense of people still want to do the things that they do. And I mean, especially in Chicago, maybe uh, specific to Chicago outside of maybe somewhere like where you're at, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's only nice here for three months out of the year. And then the rest of the year, it's freaking cold. So uh, everybody is outside and they're trying to go to the beach down by the lake, you know. And uh, it's kind of um, people have been pushing back at, you know, the the, the quarantine thing um we're trying to you know stay masked and stay stay safe but people also are kind of like hey man this is like all of the summer that we ever get in this part of the country so we want to be outside and doing stuff does that make sense yeah that makes sense man and i would say that it's there's a lot of similarities here to what you were just talking about but i like I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't imagine like it's the only nice time of the year, and they're like, you can't go outside, you can't, you know, you can't like be in large groups, and like I, I wonder, like individually, I wonder when people, there's got to be a point to where people just reach like this, like I just don't give a fuck kind of mentality in their head where they're yeah. like, I'm just gonna go do the thing, man, like fuck it, is kind of what I feel like a lot of people. uh have been have been kind of getting to lately. That's the point where I feel yeah. like, um, because I have uh, family and friends back in Washington, kind of saying a similar story. Is like it's nice right now. Like we don't want to be inside. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be uh, winter soon. So, uh, you know, fuck this whole like can't go to the beach shit. Like I I was actually a few weeks ago. I was at the beach here, and. It was packed and nobody, I was like one of the few people wearing a mask and I got really nervous and I was like, man, I don't, like I was trying to stay away from everybody and it was just like, I don't think this is worth it, you know, to, to be at the beach right now because for other people it looks like it's fun, but they seem to be carefree as fuck. They don't seem to be worrying about COVID at all. They're like, COVID who? You know, like, <laughs> and so uh, it's just interesting, man. It's like. I think that's just the human condition. I think it's just we all, it's just a risk-based analysis that we're all doing. And there's like this, there's like the collective, you know, uh, agreement. But then there's also people that just, I mean, information too. Information is so diverse right now with, you know, what is, what is acceptable, what's not. Um, Like there was like a thing that came out where, recently it was like like only six percent of the deaths that were counted as covid deaths were actually from covid but then you look into that statistic and what i what i saw was that a lot of the and i don't even know like people are gonna probably come after me for what i'm saying right now because it's just i don't i don't know the facts but i know that i guess those numbers that was kind of a false statement in that uh the number of deaths it's covid like amplified their existing condition and so like they're ruling it as a covid death because without like covid interfering they might not have passed away and that's right. i think that's a fair i think it's a fair like thing to to 
but that's the debate right now is that only 6% of people that get it pass away when that's just there's all these like there's like the hard data like that that gets you know blasted out into everybody's you know everybody's ear and then yeah. there's the fine detail within the rest of it that gets missed that gets skipped over and I, that's what's frustrating about it right because it's almost like I can't trust what I hear because it it's like, you know, I think uh, Rogan talked about this on his podcast where, you know, there was that story that a 17-year-old boy died of COVID. And then you're like, oh, my God, like a young, healthy boy died of COVID. And then you look into it and the kid was like 300 pounds. He was like diabetic and had a bunch of other things going on, but they didn't say that. And even though it is true that getting COVID for this young for this young man did kill him and that's, you know... Uh, bad, but the fact that they, they it, you know, for sensationalism sake, mm-hmm. they like young boy dies of yeah. cold, and it's just like you sneaky rat mother, like yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. us what is wrong, like what happened, you know, like yep. stop trying to get clickbaity, you know, ad revenue, like just tell us what's going on, mm-hmm. and so I can feel like I have an understanding. Uh, of how serious or not serious this thing is because you know you have people you know saying that this is just a conspiracy it's not bad at all and whatever and then you have people acting as you know uh, this is the worst thing to ever happen uh, and, and that's all you're hearing from both you know sides uh, and, and what's also weird about this man is how political you know mask wearing is becoming mm-hmm. it, it, you can kind of tell what side someone's on based on their yeah. uh, wanting to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, holy crap, dude. We, like, as a people, just are so trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Get it together, man. It's so yeah. frustrating. It is, yeah, I- it is. It is frustrating. And, and you know, I... I try to take everything with a grain of salt and I try to, you know, I try to look into it. I try not to I try not to let the, you know, at, even with besides like political stuff or things about COVID or anything to deal with that. Like I even try not to let like advertising that's like uh, buy one, get one free for like a iPhone or some shit. You get excited. You're like, oh, fuck. And then you start reading the fine print at the bottom of this commercial. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what everything is like right now. That's like everything is like, hey, uh, you know, you know, buy buy this, get this free or buy one, get one half off. But only for a limited time at the bottom at certain stores that participate in this. And you're like, yeah. and then you then you go to your you go to your McDonald's or whatever the fuck. And you're like, hey, I want the deal. And they're like, we don't do it here. And you just <laughs> wasted all that time. And it's I feel like that is just. That is, uh, it's just kind of everything now has become this like clickbaity, like you're saying, clickbaity headline, um, just trying to get you to react. It's not trying to get you to think. Like they don't want us to think. They just want us to react to stuff. And that's why I really, when people, people like to uh, talk a lot of trash about conspiracy theories. And I actually, I will always hear a conspiracy theory out because... Usually, I mean, I'm totally on board with the fact that we're being lied to and that, you know, there are powers, you know, swaying us this way or that way or trying to make some sort of weird agenda happen. I yeah. don't know which, what it is. And, you know, I don't feel confident enough to say the earth is flat, 
but I'll hear you out. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know, because for sure they're lying to us and like things are, you know, they're constantly trying to sell us things. They don't want us to think like you're saying. It's just like, man, and you even, and the real conspiracy is that anyone who says that sounds like an insane person. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, the brainwash <laughs> runs so deep is I can't even say that without, you know, being, oh, written off as some lunatic. It's just like, all right, whatever. You know what? <laughs> Go buy your two for one McDonald's freaking douchebag. Uh, I don't even care anymore, dude. <laughs> Holy shit, man. That is, uh, that's some real shit right there. Um, man, I want to say like, this has been fun, dude. Just, uh, talking to you today. Um, I know that we only briefly met when you were here in, uh, in Salinas to do the show, but Mm -hmm. I had a great time. Um, and I, I enjoyed your set while you were here. Uh, and I'm glad that you got to, you know, I'm glad you got to hit some other spots and you got to get some in and out, which, like they don't have they don't have it in Washington, so I was I was excited when I moved down. Uh, it's good. It's not like people hype overhype it. I think uh, <laughs> like In and Out's it's it's good. It's like I'd rather I, have it. I'd rather I, have it than Burger King. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, it it might not be the best thing you've ever eaten, but it's pretty awesome, man. In and Out, props, man. <laughs> That's stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you want to um, give people your Instagram uh, shout out? You know any of that you know that upcoming project? You know like where can people follow you, dude? Uh, dude, uh, you can follow me uh, on Instagram at Joe Chazare. It's just my name, J O E C H A Z A R A Y. The the show that I'm working on it's called Makeshift, and uh, it's uh, going to be on YouTube. Uh, I'll probably have a channel just dedicated to that. Yeah. Uh, I'll be posting about it on my Instagram channel, so uh, or in Instagram account. So keep an eye on it uh, there. And uh, yeah, whenever uh, comedy starts happening again, I, I'll probably get some dates together. But as of right now, I guess I'm just doing the internet thing. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Well, uh, this is like thank you for doing this today. Had a lot of fun, and uh, like yeah, go follow him on Instagram and stay tuned for for that show on YouTube, dude. Shoot, man. Thank you, dude. And uh, just best of luck to you doing all this quarantine stuff. And uh, just uh, stay safe and stay sane, man. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now. And head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time.